You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's October 15th. China and Russia are neighbors with a long history. Over the past 70 years, their relationship has been defined by both conflict and by cooperation. Since 2014, China and Russia have continually strengthened their political, military, and economic ties. A new RAND report examines this history, explores how Chinese-Russian relations might evolve in the future, and outlines the potential implications for U.S. national security. The authors find that two key factors are at the heart of the China-Russia relationship. The pursuit of aggregate power and a perceived threat from the United States. They also conclude that Beijing and Moscow will continue to cooperate. And given current U.S. priorities, there is little that Washington can or should do to change this. However, U.S. leaders can prepare for some of the potential consequences of an even stronger relationship between Russia and China. For example, if the two countries continue their military technical cooperation, then U.S. forces must be ready to encounter increasingly sophisticated Russian and Chinese weapon systems. For every $1 increase in the minimum wage, low-wage workers and their families become one percentage point less likely to have job-based insurance coverage. That's according to a new RAND study that analyzes state and federal minimum wage changes that occurred over more than a decade. This push-pull of wages and insurance could have big implications in the years ahead. Nearly half of all U.S. states hiked their minimum wage in 2021. But notably, even though some people lost job-based insurance when minimum wages went up, they didn't necessarily become uninsured. In fact, the results suggest that coverage losses were offset by higher Medicaid enrollment. The authors say that the results of this study don't necessarily eclipse the potential benefits of raising the minimum wage. Workers and society as a whole may still be better off with a higher minimum wage. However, the findings do suggest that policymakers who favor an increase should consider whether workers have alternative sources of insurance coverage. Several potential policy solutions could address loss of coverage. At the federal level, that might mean extending the Affordable Care Act subsidies that were temporarily enhanced under the American Rescue Plan. And at the state level, this might mean expanding Medicaid eligibility. Increasing investments in women's health research could help transform women's lives by improving overall knowledge of their health. It could also offer large societal gains, according to a new RAND study. In the study, RAND researchers examined the effect of increasing funding for women's health research, focusing on three diseases that present a large disease burden for women. Alzheimer's disease and related dementias, coronary artery disease, and rheumatoid arthritis. The results show that there is potential for large aggregate cost savings if funding for women's health research is increased in these areas. The study estimates savings of $932 million for more research investment in Alzheimer's and related dementias, $1.9 billion for heart disease, and $2.5 
$10.5 billion for rheumatoid arthritis. These numbers include savings from fewer years living with disease, fewer years of functional dependence, and fewer disruptions to work productivity. The primary recommendation from this study is simple. Increase research funding directed at women's health. The potential gains are substantial, especially given the limited knowledge about disease development for women relative to men. The COVID-19 pandemic has exposed the fragility of global supply chains. Additionally, high-profile cyber attacks like the recent solar winds hack reveal a different kind of vulnerability. And while it's clear that greater resilience is necessary, private and public decision-makers have limited insights into supply chains. Rand's Keelan O'Connell testified about this topic yesterday before a House Energy and Commerce subcommittee. Let's start with a definition. O'Connell says that a resilient supply chain is one that can react to disruptions quickly and efficiently, and continue to deliver goods or services. But a lack of information makes it difficult to achieve this goal. For one, the amount of information required to understand the complex supply chains that underpin the U.S. economy and society is massive. And second, this information can be hard to come by. For many U.S. companies, information about suppliers is considered proprietary. Given the breadth of the problem, O'Connell says that a whole-of-government solution is likely required. Such an approach may include direct financial assistance to businesses that are essential to improving supply chain resilience, research and development dollars to help promote innovation, and investment in human capital, such as vocational schools. She also emphasizes what she calls a critical first step in increasing supply chain resilience. Here's O'Connell. Research is necessary to determine which aspects of the supply chain pose an existential risk to the United States economy or the well-being of its citizens. If everything is considered essential, then nothing will be truly protected. Just as businesses must assess the cost benefits associated with supply chain resiliency, the U.S. government also needs to understand the value proposition. Not all supply chains merit a federal intervention, and for those sectors that are not essential, market forces should prevail. If you want to learn more, you can find O'Connell's full testimony on supply chain resilience at rand.org. The U.S. military has prioritized rooting out extremism in the ranks, and currently, military commanders are leading the fight. But there may be a way to take some of this burden off of military leaders by leveraging existing resources that are already in place to help military personnel and their families. These resources include chaplains, family readiness groups, and behavioral and military health professionals. According to Rand's Mark Posard, this approach could help confront the broader social headwinds that are often at the heart of extremism. Quote, By using existing support programs, military leaders may be able to effectively confront these headwinds early and channel them into productive ways that ultimately preserve the effectiveness and readiness of the U.S. military. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org slash podcast. We'll see you next week.